Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, everyone. I might not even have to be saying hello, everyone. I might just be saying hello to myself because I don't know if I'm going to post this podcast episode. I just knew that I had to get on and talk. Um, As you can tell, I'm very tender at the moment. And I'm probably going to cry a lot in this episode, if I'm even going to call it an episode. This just might be Haley talking to Haley, And then I'll see afterwards if, if it's something that I want to share with the world yet or not. Um, the reason why I feel like I might not want to post this is multi-layered, you know. I'm having a very personal moment at the, right now. So that's the the first thing. It's like, mm, do I want to share that with everyone? I'm not sure yet. But the second reason is that I I don't want to share too much victim energy with you. And I definitely think that there's a little bit of that floating around in me today. But at the same time, I can see how much empowerment is floating around me simultaneously. And I think that that's also important too. And, and also... You know, the fact that I might have a little bit of um, victim pain in me today is okay too. So I'm in two minds about it. But anyway, I just knew I had to get my microphone out and I had to just talk it out. Whether it be talking it out with myself or whether I might be talking it out with you. But so if you are hearing this, you're getting a very tender <laughs> in inside Haley's solitude moment here. Because it might just be for me. Hello, this is post-podcast episode recording Haley here with you. <laughs> By the end of this podcast episode, I do decide that I want to share it with everyone. And so you will be listening to this right now. But I wanted to jump in and just let you know that because this was so, I was so uncertain if I was going to post it and I just was like, I need to get my microphone out. I did not set up my space how I usually would for a podcast. And so there's quite a lot of mic noise. You'll hear the microphone rattling quite a bit. Um, you'll hear a dog barking. You'll, yeah, it's the microphone rattle. When I listened to it back, I was like, that's a little bit annoying, Haley. <laughs> but it's too good of an episode that, hey, you're going to listen to it with a rattly mic. So I just wanted to jump in and apologize. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So, I mean, Likely I have named this podcast episode, if you're listening to it, I've likely named it something like I have a diagnosis, something like that. Um, because two days ago, um, I went to the doctor just expecting to get some results of some blood tests and I walked out of there with a 
very rock solid diagnosis of what's going on in my body for the first time in 10 years. And so I thought I'd just talk out a bit more of my story and then share sort of where I'm at right now and share how I'm feeling um, and just maybe, maybe bring you along for the ride. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It feels funny recording a podcast episode right now. Um, anyway, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to stop thinking about the fact that you might be listening or you might not and I'll just pretend like you are. <laughs> so... As you know from my earlier episodes when I shared my story, I have suffered with what you would call chronic illness for the last 10 years um, and really more than that, but the last 10 years in, in particular. And I had some very, very dark times within that. So back when I was, some I'm 33 now, turning 34 this year. Oh. 2024, first podcast episode of the year, by the way. Let's start it off with just a, a shitload of emotion, shall we? Um, so back when I was 25, 26, 27 was when uh, like I was really at the worst of uh, the symptoms I was experiencing, at the absolute worst of the pain and the, all the flaring up, but I was also at the worst of my mental health. And so that made navigating that even more difficult, right? Where I wasn't only navigating intense pain and fatigue and just uncertainty in my body. And it was newer at this time where it was the first time I was really experiencing this. And so it came with a lot of fear around what the fuck is happening to me around what's what's wrong in me and when I first was having all of the tests and everything done, they were looking for, for really sinister things because my symptoms were showing really sinister things. And so I was having all of the big scans and going to all of the things to see like, okay, like, what is it? Do I have cancer? Do I have, like, what is it? What is it that's going on here? And back then in my kind of mid-20s, I went through all of yeah all of the digging and all of the testing and going to here and going to there and every time it would be like well, we don't know every time it would be everything's coming back clear like your blood works perfect that scan is showing nothing this scan's showing nothing this procedure's showing nothing yet there are symptoms here that are kind of portraying like your whole body shutting down and it's physically looking like that too and so that was a very hard time and I sort of explained that a little bit more um, in the I think it was podcast episode number three um, but that was a very 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 dark time of my life and very scary time of my life and was really the birthplace of my inner road it was absolutely the birthplace of my inner road uh, kind of coming off the back of losing my dad at 21 which sort of broke me open a bit and then this happened and then it really sent me in and so through since then since I was 26 years old for those next eight years I was deeply deeply digging into myself and this is where everything that I do now is birthed from it's all of the 
inward journey and all of the guidance that I that I offer and all of the things that I create are all birthed from that journey, that journey into the darkness, the journey into the suffering. And along that journey, you know, as I as I reclaimed my worth amongst that, as I reclaimed my you know, as I as I found who I really was amongst that, it allowed me to cope with it a lot easier right the the symptoms that I experience are very intense and experiencing them when my mental health was not coping was like a death sentence right it really was like a death sentence to have to cope with that but then I'm so proud of myself for all of the work that I've done that has allowed me to cope and not only just cope but I really do thrive in every aspect of my life other than my physical health my relationships are thriving uh, my passion is thriving my spirituality is thriving my mental health and my perspectives and the way I love myself is thriving Um, my business is thriving Um, so much in my life is thriving and that is because of all of that work that I put in but my physical health has definitely never thrived and I have been able to navigate that really fucking beautifully and there's the episode, I'm not sure which number it is, um, but the episode where I shared the 11 ways that I support myself through chronic illness. And I'm so proud of myself for that. And it's been, um, it's been such a difficult road to walk, but one that's been full of beauty and full of magic. And um, just the fact that I've been able to have such a beautiful quality of life whilst suffering in the way that I do every day has been really really incredible um but anyway let me keep going with this story so I have been doing okay (laughs) for like the last uh, couple of years I I've accommodated my life so much that I can get by physically um, and from the outside from people looking in from the outside where you only see me when I'm out and about or you see me when I'm showing up to teach or I'm showing up to do a gene key session or whatever you're literally seeing me in like my little snippets of of um, energy that I have and outside of that I live a very very small life um to be able to get by um and of course that's not um that's not my dream life I am someone with huge dreams and someone with such a big spirit and someone with a soul on fire for life Um, but I'm in a body that can't quite um live that out just now or just yet, and it's been many, many, many years of coming into acceptance with that, and I have done an amazing, amazing job at that, and have been able to love my small little life that accommodates for me, and that is very loving towards me, Um, but I am never going to say that it's easy though, you know, it's it's difficult, Uh, and 
but every every difficulty I face just takes me deeper into myself and, and I find more love there. I find more light there. And that's pretty fucking amazing. But there are some major struggles behind closed doors. And not all of it is behind closed doors. I share a lot of this with my closest friends and even with my, my clients too. I share a lot of that experience. Um, but of course, it's not going to be shared with the greater world all of the time because that doesn't feel right for me either. So I'd been coping okay. And I've had my energy at a point where it is definitely not thriving. I still have chronic fatigue, but to the point where I can do the things that are just really essential for me to do. You know, I can do the things in, in my business that really light me up and I can do the things with my husband that really bring me joy and I can, you know, go and travel in small snippets and I can go and do things and, and like amazing. If I lived every day of my life for the rest of my life with that kind of capability, I'm totally okay with that. And in deep acceptance with that and I would love my life every day for the rest of my life but then about um it's probably seven weeks ago now maybe even eight time gets blurry around times like this I started having some decline um in my health and that's a very scary time for me because it brings up a lot of past trauma it brings up a lot of the feelings and the guilt and the shame of of those years where I was just struggling so badly it brings up a lot of shame for me around how I harbor a lot of uh I harbor a lot of guilt around um my marriage which is the best thing of my life and my husband is amazing and he has never ever even slightly put me down about the way in which I have to live my life but I hold that right <laughs> that's me <laughs> that's me against me and so it brings up a lot of this stuff and sometimes I have these moments where symptoms get more intense for maybe two days maybe four days maybe even a week sometimes and when it happens like that for a week I sort of I it really wears me down and I have a little moment and I build myself back up but then you know I find myself leveling back out to my 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 um copable normal um however it just kept getting worse and worse and so for the last seven eight weeks I have um been having a lot a lot a lot of pain and I've been very very fatigued um a lot of the days I'm sleeping sort of you know 15 hours a day um sometimes more sometimes less and then I've been in chronic constant pain I'm always in chronic pain and I have been for almost 10 years but like bad like pretty freaking bad and um I've just had constant feels like it's aching in my bones from my hips all the way down to my toes like my whole legs and the best way I can describe it is like intense growing pains. I keep having flashbacks of me coming out of bed at nighttime and crawling up on my dad's lap while he's watching TV late at night and just him rubbing my legs because I just had such severe growing pains. That's what it feels like. Um, and it's been nonstop. Like it didn't... It, didn't break for um, days upon days, weeks upon weeks. 
there is a dog barking, but I'm just going to let him and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Let me go stop him. And and then with this pain increasing and my fatigue increasing, there was a lot that I had to sit with internally and um, I could feel myself being worn down in my soul, but no, nope, I kept digging in um, and I've just kept finding more and more magic. This has been these last eight weeks. I've had some of the most magnificent breakthroughs and moments of awakening and deepening of self-love than I've ever had before. So there's been a lot of beauty in it, um, but it's been very difficult. And then it got to the point where I was starting to feel like I was withering away again. And I was noticing I was starting to get super dizzy. And then I had a little episode where I was, I'd just driven the car five minutes to go visit Bev at the bus. And on the way back home, I felt the ache and the pain in my legs move up to my chest and then into my head. And I felt myself fading away. And I was driving and I was on the highway and I was like, shit, I need to pull over. And then it kind of passed. I was like, okay, that was weird. I turned into the off street um, off the highway and phew, it hit again and I was like holy shit quick I need to pull over and um, I yeah I just felt like I felt like my whole being was just fading away and that was a scary little moment um, and so from that moment and after then talking to Bevan about it and my family I finally decided, all right, I'm going to go back to a doctor and just get some blood work to see. Because another part of this story that I haven't spoken much about is my experience in the medical system. Ten years ago when we were first navigating some of this stuff, and even not even as long as ten years ago, maybe nine, nine, eight years ago, um, I didn't have a great experience. Uh but obviously it's very hard for the medical system to navigate what's going on in a body like mine when all of the tests are coming back not showing anything. It's very difficult and I, I, I fully understand that. But for me at that time with the way my mental health was, I I just felt extremely misunderstood and there were many a time where I could feel or even it was said to me, do you think that maybe this is just all in your head? Maybe you just need to... Um, go on antidepressants or maybe you need to see a psychologist and ugh, it was just like a knife to the fucking heart knowing that I live I was living every moment of my life in just such shocking state of health shocking state of health and that was my experience and so after going through all of that and then my doctor a doctor that I ended up finding that was actually quite nice. He was the one that ended up saying, look, you've re I think that we've reached the end of the road in terms of traditional medicine. I'm going to say that your answers are going to be found in natural health. And I sort of, I walked away from that doctor's appointment and I decided that I was never going back again. Um, and there was definitely some of my own shadows at play there, right? Like I had formed this opinion that it was all, they were all a bunch of bastards and it just, I never wanted to go back. And the only times I had seen a doctor between then and now have been for infections. Um, and that's it. It's only been ever if I've had an infection that I've seen a doctor, but never about what's actually what I deal with I just sort of locked that away even when I'd go to the doctor for say um, 
an infection. I And they'd ask me about my health history and because I live in a new country now here in New Zealand, for example, they don't have any of my notes. And they'd say, and how's your health otherwise? And I'd always say, yep, it's fine. Because I just didn't want to talk about it with any kind of medical health professional. Definitely some shadows at play there, right? Um, but at the same time, I was happy, just I was coping okay on my own. I was like, there's nothing more that you can do to, to help me. And so I'll just, I don't need to talk to you about it. Um, but this experience, I was like, Haley, go and get a blood test. Especially because um, in the last four years, I have sh- my, my diet has shifted a lot. Um, and I was thinking, look, I might just be super freaking low in iron. I might be really low in B12 because I hardly eat any meat. There might be some gaps in my diet because there's a lot, like, I'm very, very um, limited on what I could eat. And I was like, well, maybe that's at play. So I better go. I'll go. Just, you know. I should do it. So I went and I was very nervous to go. Like I really had to work through some stuff before I got myself there. And I ended up having the most beautiful experience. Such a beautiful experience. This doctor, she was so understanding. She had me in tears in in my appointment um, just from how understanding she was and how she was completely validating all of the things that I've been through and shared stories with me of of other patients of hers that have been journeying similar things and and saying you know how hard that it must be and so that was a it was a really beautiful experience she goes okay we're going to send you off for blood work and come back in a week and we'll look it through and and of course I'm expecting it's going to come back with um, pristine as it always has Anyway, I booked my next appointment, which was two days ago. And I thought that I booked it with the same doctor. Her name, her last name was Malcolm. And so I said, oh, can I book another appointment with Dr. Malcolm? And they booked me in with her. And so I returned two days ago and a doctor comes out to get me. And it was a man. And I was like, what? <laughs> His first name was Malcolm. So they booked me back in with the wrong Malcolm. And I was thinking, oh, no, that was such a nice doctor. I want to see her again. But I was like, whatever, I'll just go with it. He takes me through. And he went through all my blood work with me. And of course, it was pristine. Like I always have such pristine blood work because I because I eat so impeccably. Um, everything Everything was fine. And so then he was sitting there having a little look through all of the notes that this last doctor had written because she'd written heaps, like pages of notes of everything that I've been experiencing and then on top of the blood work being all perfect. And he just looks at me and he goes, hmm, he was like, I'm just wondering, have you ever been, have you ever been diagnosed with fibromyalgia before? And I said, oh, It was thrown around, you know, like eight years ago when I was going through all of that stuff, that got thrown around a bit. But at that time, it wasn't that recognized as actually being a thing. It was more of like a, "Mm, some people don't believe in it. And that's what I said to the doctor. I said, oh, well, at the time it was sort of mentioned, but then the doctor also said that like some doctors don't even believe that it's a thing. And he goes, oh, no, it is is absolutely a thing now. It's actually on the full registry of things to be diagnosed with people, even on disability for it. Um, he goes, it's absolutely a thing. 
And I said, okay, well, he goes, would you be open to me doing the full diagnostic test for it? And I said, sure, go for it. Another thing about the fibromyalgia from last time, years ago, I was under the impression that fibromyalgia was just um, the pain. I thought it was just the pain and I thought that it was a different kind of pain than what I've now found out that it actually is. Um, And so I sort of had brushed it off, but it had always been in the back of my mind. And it even came into my mind that morning in the shower before I went to the doctor's surgery. I was washing myself in the shower and I was just so sore and I was like, oh, fibromyalgia, wonder if it's that. But never thinking that that, I thought that was just a thing that could explain a couple of my symptoms. Turns out that it actually covers all of my symptoms. I did not know that fibromyalgia was also came coupled with chronic fatigue. But anyway, he did the full diagnostic test and there was about 20 markers. And he had to score 12 out of 20 um, in the mid-zone to be diagnosed. And I scored severe in every single one of the markers, every single one of them. I was severe. And he just looked at me and he went, you have got the most clear-cut, severe case of fibromyalgia I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, really? Well, isn't that new news? Um, And then explained a bit more about it and how, so fibromyalgia is chronic fatigue and chronic pain that refers mostly from different like kind of pressure points, trigger points in the body, which which causes pain head to toe. Um, and I scored severe in every single one of the places. And these were all things that I thought were separate. I get really bad jaw pain, but I thought that that was maybe because I was holding too much tension, but I've really released all my tension and it's still there. And so I thought maybe it's because I smile so much and then I have really bad shoulder pain. And I thought, oh, maybe it's because of dancing as a kid. And then I have really bad hip pain. And I thought maybe that's my posture and I have really bad ankle pain. And I thought maybe it's because I rolled it once upon a time. I have really bad knee pain. I have really bad foot pain. I have really bad stomach pain and lower back pain and my fingers um, down my fingers are really sore and my wrists hurt and um, I get forehead pain and I get bad migraines I thought these were all separate things and it turns out they're all the same thing and it's coupled with chronic fatigue and then the other thing with fibromyalgia then is depression not because you get depression because of fibromyalgia but you get depression because you hate your life so much because you're in chronic pain and chronic fatigue all the time. And so I left that doctor's surgery with him saying that is a clear-cut diagnosis. And he said, look, in the medical world, he said, we don't have a cure. For them at the moment, it's incurable. The things that they treat it with is sleep medication to just help you sleep away the pain and antidepressants so that people don't kill themselves. Um, And I was like, well, I don't need any either of those (laughs) because I'm definitely not depressed. I was back in the day, but I dug myself out of that hole and I said my spiritual, mental, emotional health is the most thriving part of me. Um, and then he was asking me about relationship as well, which kind of kind of hit me hard. He said, "How's how's your husband 
cope with this and how does he treat you? And I was like, oh, he's amazing. I said, my relationship, my marriage is the best thing in my life. He goes, oh, and he sort of didn't believe me. <laughs> he was like, oh, well, most people that suffer to this degree with something like this, um, you know, it's very hard on the partner to be married to someone who has such a restricted life and they can start to take it out on you. And I was like, no, this that's absolutely um, not the case with Bevan and I. And so, um, you know, that was all part of the conversation, the doctor's surgery. And he said, look, even though there is nothing in the medical world that um, can help you outside of antidepressants, which you clearly don't need, he said there will be people out there that are finding things that is really alleviating um, helping to helping to bring some more comfort to their life who who suffer with this um, you know and I said look you know it's and he said it's not going to be healed likely and I was like I've come to complete acceptance with that you know I'm not looking to be healed I'm just looking to improve my quality of life by maybe 10 percent you know if I can improve my quality of life by 20 percent man that would be amazing and he said well go on a mission Go on a mission because now that you have this really clear-cut diagnosis, you can look directly at something instead of trying to f- figure it all out with just pain and tiredness being like, but it could be anything, you know. And so I held it together for that doctor's appointment and I was like, okay, and I left. And then as I was walking to the car, the tears started welling up in my eyes. And then as I started driving home, it like just really started to hit me. And and the, the first place I went, I called Bevan and he was at the bus. I said, can I just come? And I was like, I'm just super tender. I just need a hug. Can I just come and be with you? And he was like, of course. And so I cried and the whole way there. And then I cried with him for a good chunk of time and then I cried the whole day pretty much um and then I was all I was feeling really good yesterday now today again I'm just like oh I'm sort of grounding in some new things I'm grounding in some new awareness you know and so the emotion really is what I really want to talk about and I'm sorry it's taken me 28 minutes to get to this point but you needed some background information <laughs> I think the big emotions I'm feeling right now are really twofold. Um, on one hand, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude. Um, you know, I'm feeling like, wow, like this is the best thing I could have come into this year with. You know, on the 3rd of January to be given a diagnosis, like I'd given up hope of ever being ever getting a diagnosis and I was happy to never have one and it just sort of boom there there it was and feeling very grateful for that to be able to really ground into knowing what what it is but then at the same time yes it has a label but there's no understanding about what causes it and no understanding about how to help it which so it you know it's got its two sides um and so yeah, I've got I've got the gratitude, I've got the oh, the relief, but then simultaneously it kind of feels like a it kind of feels like a a heartbreaking life sentence which I'd already made peace with, right? And this is the thing, it's no different. I've been I've been living with this for a decade and likely longer. 
you know, now now that I know this and I've I've been I've looked at all of like what happens in the body, I'm like, holy shit, I think this started happening when I was like eleven, twelve years old. I started getting weird joint pains and I even remember my first job, I was 15, I worked at Kmart and I was a checkout chick and I remember when I first started working and I'd have like four hour shifts and was noticing like, oh my gosh, it's so painful to have to stand up. Like, and I remember thinking at 15, I'm looking around, I'm like, how do these people do it? But I thought, I thought that maybe I was just being pathetic. I thought that maybe I was just weak and that there was, you know, I never thought that there was actually physically something going on with me. I thought that I was just a bit pathetic. But now I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, that was probably, it was probably that all along. You know, there's been lots of things from my kind of late, my early um, adolescence through my teen years that showed this as well that I never recognized then. I just thought that I was a bit I just thought that I was a bit pathetic. <laughs> so there's that, you know, sort of like, I, I guess, um, what's the word? Almost grieving for her a little bit. Bringing her some understanding, which is really beautiful. So that's that's making my heart feel tender. Um, but then I think the biggest tender spot and where most of the emotion is coming from, I think is just in the validation of the pain that I live with and that I have lived with for many years and the validation of how hard it is to do that and so I'm so proud of myself you know it's the other thing the doctor said he said a lot of people that get this diagnosis and if it is on the severe end he said they just they take it and they become a victim of it. And they make it the reason why they never do anything again for the rest of their life. And he said, and you clearly haven't done that. And I think that just brought up a lot of emotion in me. Um, yeah, and it's, it's like the equal parts. It's like, whoa, look at me go. And then it's like, oh my God, it's been so hard. And there's been a lot of times in the last, in the last sort of eight to nine years where I have felt very unseen, very misunderstood. Um, And I feel like this is bringing a lot of healing to that. A lot of healing to that. Healing that I'd already really dug into without a diagnosis. Like I said, I'd made peace with that and I'd brought a lot of healing to it, but I think that just having that really rock-solid experience has shown me how much was unhealed. And I'm very grateful to now get to journey that and, and journey a new level of acceptance. But then one thing that I'm struggling with at the moment which it's only been two days, (laughs) but I know part of my journey moving forward is I'm going to have to find a new balance between acceptance and hope. And that's a balance that I've always struggled with. You know, being able to, yeah, be like it's so important to accept life exactly as it is, 
but while still hoping and believing for more, hoping and believing that it can get better. And I had formed a, a very healthy balance between acceptance and hope and this has shaken that a bit um, just because of the the severe nature of it and the very long-term incurable nature of it um, has shaken that a bit but I will find that again I already you know it's not that I've lost it it's just shaky <laughs> I still have it I absolutely have hope but that's going to be part of my next season of of journeying this is going to be just redefining that balance for myself um but then on the other hand this makes it even better for hope because now that I have something that I can really hone in on in my research and in my trialing practices I can actually yeah I can I can heal a lot of the doubt I can heal a lot of the self-doubt because all of the things that I've tried in my life I'll be trying it and but then there's this doubt in me that's like well this might be something that has nothing to do with anything that's even going on and then you don't really know what's going on so how do you know if this is the thing and and that's been hard to navigate and so now that bit gets to go away and I get to be like no this is I'm going to really stick with this and see um and I can I can sort of measure the particular symptoms. Like I have more information to work with now. Um, and that's exciting. And so, you know, there's just all of these feels <laughs> all in one. And I think I think something like this, it's just full, it's just like a huge big ball of everything I've been through for years is just all there right now and it's always all it's always there but this has really brought a lot of it up um and so I'm having to sit with that and I'm having to um navigate that and just bringing so much self-love to that and um yeah, and then there's all of these feelings of just how beautifully I'm supporting myself and being there for myself and loving myself. Um, and that can be difficult to do, you know. It can be really difficult to cultivate a deep sense of self-love for yourself when every moment of every day you're in so much pain and you feel so fatigued. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the last couple of days have just been kind of having a moment where I've sort of allowed myself to feel the severity of it to a fuller degree than I've ever allowed myself to before. Um, I sort of given myself permission to notice just quite the level of pain and fatigue I do deal with every day. And it's really devastating but really inspiring at the same time you know like I'm feeling very I'm feeling very inspired by myself at the same time as um not sorry for myself that's I feel like that's left the conversation that left the conversation many years ago 
Um, so it's not sorry for myself, but I guess maybe just compassion. Like, I've sort of, it's given me permission to give myself more compassion. Um, yeah. Um, and then as I look at all I've been able to do, there's been a lot that I have not been able to do, and a lot that I've wanted to do that I couldn't do. But the stuff that I have done with the energy that I've had to work with, it's pretty bloody amazing. And the truth is, is that journeying this and navigating this has been the birthplace of my wisdom and my magic because it's taken me into such deep places of suffering and then I face that suffering every day, every moment of every day. It means that I'm accessing so much love, so much grace and so much breakthrough every day it's either I have breakthrough every day or the other option is break down and if I do happen to break down which is some days they just lead to breakthrough anyway so it's just like I've been gifted with breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough through this through journeying this um but there's definitely like as much as I'm so grateful for that then of course there's the parts that come in that's like oh my god but do I have to keep doing this forever <laughs> you know and that's where I have to balance the acceptance with the hope <laughs> and that's where um I'm I'd already geared myself up before this I'd been gearing myself up the last sort of month to I've been really coming into a new place of a deeper level of self-love and been coming into a place where I'm ready to support myself and my body and my physical health in a deeper, more loving way than I ever have before. I've been gearing up for that. That's where life's been taking me. That's where my journey with the gene keys and my journey with the dream mark have been taking me. And it makes sense now why it's been taking me there. It's for this very reason. And so this, this coming year is going to be me really... Um, Oh, loving myself even deeper than I ever have before. And that's going to be, yeah, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. And so today, I've just been feeling all those feels. Feeling really tender-hearted, but open-hearted, you know. Um, just This is just a reason to love myself more, not less. But I have to fight for that sometimes, you know. I have to fight for that. And it's so worth fighting for. Um, and oh, I had a little giggle because my core wound slash vocation in my gene keys, which is the thing that hurts you the most deeply in life, but then it's the very thing you're here to bring. Like it's the medicine you're here to bring the world. And I'm 58 which is bliss. It's the gene key of bliss. I'm here to bring bliss to the world. But a lot of my woundings around bliss. But the gift is vitality. Right? And the gift is vitality. Life force is my core gift. It's my core talent is life force. And I just was thinking how much of a sinister joke it is that I have a core vocation, a core gift of vitality Yet this is the body that I'm in. Like, isn't that just a bit laughable? But then, 
as I thought that and at first I thought of it in a victim way and then I just laughed because I was like, but of course. <laughs> like it's a sinister joke. But that's part of my magic. <laughs> part of my magic is that I bring the bliss and I bring the light and I bring the life force to the dark places, to the suffering. That's actually what I'm here to do. And it's what I have been doing for the last 10 years of my life. And it's what I'm going to keep doing. It's what I'm going to keep doing. And even though I experience such extreme pain and fatigue every day, in every moment of my life, I too experience such life force. And it's a weird thing. Because the life force isn't in my physical body. It's in my soul. It's in my spirit. It's like it radiates in my aura. And it's just about me learning to tap into that more and more while resting and loving on my physical body at the same time. Because then with that life force that I feel in my soul and my spirit, I can then overdo it in my physical body mistaking it for physical body energy when it actually wasn't and so learning how to be a woman who is so full of life force yet is so bound by her physical body and I used to see that as a prison sentence but I don't anymore there's a part there's a little part of me that still does and that's okay because I've got my whole lifetime to work on that but for the most part I don't. I actually see it as my freedom. I see it as my path to beauty. Right? Because that's my other really important gene key in terms of this, my evolution gene key, which is like part of the core challenge you will face in this life. It's the gene key of beauty. It's one of the biggest things that I'm here to bring the world and it's your evolution jinky. People will know you for that. They'll have, feel that essence off of you. And so mine is creative freshness and beauty. So I'm here to create beautiful things. Um, and I know that people see that from me. And it's what attracts people to me. I love it about myself. But then the shadow and my challenge is entropy. And entropy is a loss of energy in a system. And navigating that. And being able to be so deeply in the void sometimes so deeply in the loss of energy sometimes and to not make that mean anything about my worthiness and to not make it mean anything about my value to not make it mean anything about my ability to create beauty it's actually the reason why I can the suffering I experience is the reason why I create so much beauty it's the reason why my aura is so like potent and magnetizing I'm claiming that for myself <laughs> it's true though I feel it myself sometimes I'm like damn girl your aura be strong <laughs> um so yeah you know what I think I'm gonna bloody post this podcast episode because I think it's important that you get to see this part of me because it's the most important part of me it's where it all comes from it's where it all comes from. And we all face our own version of suffering. We all have a piece of the collective karma or the collective suffering that is ours to bear. And this is mine. And you have yours. 
yours might come in the way of, of physical illness like mine. Or maybe yours comes in the way of relationship struggles. Maybe it comes in the way of childhood trauma. Or maybe it comes in the way of... Um, oh, I'm not even going to keep rattling off things because there is infinite amount of ways that this can show up and we, we all face this. But we all have access to the same thing within it. And what you have access to within your suffering is the exact same thing as what I'm accessing in mine. More love. More grace. More understanding of yourself. More understanding of the world. More compassion. More forgiveness. More life force. More joy more fulfillment, more integrity, like just more. This is where you access it from. And so, you know, part of, part of my path, part of my life's work here, both that I had found out before I even came to the Gene Keys, I decided this is what I wanted to do with my life, but it's actually my life's work Gene Key, the gift of orientation, the gift of guiding people home to themselves. I... This is such an important part of that. And it's really what qualifies me. This is why I'm qualified. The reason why I'm qualified to help guide you through your pain and your suffering to find the beauty. The reason why I'm qualified to help you peel back all of the external layers and all of the pain and all of that to find the true you, to find your true worth, to find your true value. is because I do it every day of my life. And I will keep doing it every day of my life. And I do it for me and for you simultaneously. You know? I said this in the episode about how I navigate my health issues. I said, if this is my path and if this is what I have to go through to be who I'm meant to be and to do what I'm meant to do in the world, to serve how I'm meant to serve, I am willing and I will go and I have been going you know getting this diagnosis is nothing new I've been living this way for 10 years of my life I know it well I know it inside and out it's all just landed a little bit deeper now it's all just grounded a little bit stronger now and I've had a little bit of a shake because things are about to get so fucking amazing that's what the shake's about I'm sort of shaking off you know like a tree you shake a tree and the dead leaves fall out I've been shaken up a bit by this only to get rid of the dross you know get rid of the dross on the wheat so I'm just left with the gold and that's how I'm feeling today and I think I'm going to be journeying that for you know a little season here um but I've got my turtle my guardian the turtle and the dreamark I'm working with the eel still. I'm in the second phase of the eel. Um, and I've been working a lot with the camel lately. So whether you do the dream arc or not, which you should absolutely do the dream arc, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever do outside of the gene keys, but it is still the gene keys. Um, but even if you don't do the dream arc, on the Triple Flame app, if you it's free. If you click on journeys and you scroll down to the dream arc journeys, there is the camel resilience meditation it's 15 minutes and the camel in the dream arc it's one of the portal creatures this isn't going to mean much to you if you haven't done the dream arc but 
the portal creatures are just there to support you. So there's the the praying mantis is the portal creature to the shadow frequencies. The camel is the portal creature to the gift frequencies in like the human realm. And then the woodpecker is the portal creature to like the vision frequencies, the cities. And when you're feeling sort of run down by the journey, you go and you sit with your portal creature. And I've been sitting with the camel every day for weeks now because the camel represents resilience but not in the way that we think of resilience but more in a in a the camel just sees you for being human and the meditation Richard Rudd does the meditation but he does it as if he is the camel <laughs> it sounds a bit weird <laughs> like he kind of puts on a voice and it is the most nurturing thing and I've I've gotten a few of my beautiful clients onto it as well and they've been loving it too and there's just this one point where he says, he's like, I know, I know you're tired to your bones. Every time he says that, it just, oh, I just feel so seen. But then the camel, journeying with the camel isn't about just then dwelling in your exhaustion. And nor is it about pressing on. But then he guides you into drinking from the oasis of your own self-love. And using your exhaustion and using the fact that you're worn down as a portal into more self-love. And recognizing that you can stop and drink from that oasis at any time. It's always there. Right? It's always there. And you might be walking in the desert. And that's what life has felt a lot for me, has felt like a trek through the desert. But even when you're in the desert, the moment that you go, okay, I'm super parched right now, the oasis will rise right in front of you. You don't have to go find it, it's always there and it can rise whenever you need it to rise. Then I was writing about this and I was sort of channeling the camel I like to do this with the dream arc I write as if they're speaking and and as I was writing the camel kind of said like I know that you're now wondering well why isn't it just all an oasis why the desert at all like why why am I walking in the desert if I always have access to the oasis why can't just all of life be an oasis and I'm actually going to go and get my journal and come back because I want to read for you exactly what I wrote okay I'm back so I've written, um, so this is me writing as if I am the camel. It says, why do I not just turn the entire desert into an oasis then, you ask? Well, because we would become too complacent and too comfortable if we did, wouldn't we? We would get lost in the oasis life and forget what else is truly important. One day, the entire earth will be an oasis, but that time is not yet. While there is still such suffering on this planet, so we all must suffer in unity. And unity is my life's work gift, by the way, um, city. So we all must suffer in unity. Our suffering is our collective awakening. It is our evolution. It is our grace. We are all in this together, more bound than what you realize right now. So, my friend... There is not a constant oasis, so we can remember our mission, our mission to heal ourselves, so we can heal the world. 
But as we travel that path, we can stop at the oasis to take our fuel any time we need. And once you're full, we keep going. You can ride on my back and I will take you further than you ever thought that you could go. Lean on me. Rest on me. I am here for you. And so I've really been sitting with... I've been sitting with that um, beautiful meditation and um, sort of sitting with the camel energy and in my journaling and I've just been really resting at the oasis with the camel until I am feeling ready to keep going and um, I really feel like that time is coming and I mean I it's not like I've stopped I, I am I do keep going <laughs> um, but I feel like a time is coming where I'm really going to explode in my self-love, which is really going to reshape some of some of the ways that my life looks. And um, but I'm going to continue being patient with myself and loving myself and accessing more and more and more of the magic that's in me, because at the end of the day, that's what it's here to do. It's all part of that collective awakening and this is just my peace and I will gladly take it um, and yeah so I just wanted to talk that out and talk that through and share with myself and it was possibly with you which now I think it's going to be definitely with you I'm feeling good about sharing this with the world <sighs> I love what I get to do I absolutely love what I get to do. Yesterday we had the Vision 2024 session, which, um, you know, I was planning on sort of putting together uh, a bit earlier in the week, but then I'd been so exhausted and so much pain and then I had my super emotional day and, and then it was literally the night before at like 7.30 p.m. where I'm like, okay, what am I what am I teaching at Vision 2024? But this is all part of the magic that this suffering has gifted me because I always know that I will know. When I need to know, I will know. And the most beautiful teaching came out of me yesterday. The most beautiful life force. That's like the example of how I bring my aura. So if you've been in a container with me before, if you've had a jinky session with me before, you've come to a campfire before, any of the things that I do and you see, even you know, listening to my podcast, you hear my energy. Um, but that energy isn't coming from my physical body. It's coming from my spirit and it's coming from my soul. And I just love to hold space like that. And it's ugh, just ugh, <laughs> just to experience those moments where I get to teach or guide or support or hold space for other women. It just makes the whole thing worth it. It just makes the entire thing worth it. And I'm so grateful that I get to live the life that I live. <sighs> and I'm so proud of what I've built for myself. From the bricks of self-love. So thank you for being here as a, a listening ear for me today. And a shoulder for me to lean on. A heart for me to connect with. Because it's so important that we connect through our suffering. Right? This is the thing. We so often separate ourselves through our suffering and I witness myself do this. And I really want to stop doing that. 
I really pull back from people in my suffering a lot. I hide away a lot. Not all the time. Yes, I've put myself out there enough to to teach and to have my business and to have my beautiful relationships. But at the same time, I pull back a lot. Like when I went and I was crying to Bevan at the bus with the news, I was saying to him, like, I just don't want to go home because I don't want to have to talk about it. I don't want to have to tell anyone. Because if I having to tell anyone like I just feel I had this fear of then having to go through the whole thing again of then people still not understanding and then it like pained my soul to think of me sharing something with someone and then they go and they google it and then they're like oh you know but I found this and it doesn't really seem that bad or like oh I found this person's story and they took um fucking ashwagandha and they were healed like maybe you should try that like Thinking of that stuff makes me feel physically sick, but that's my shadow patterns. <laughs> that's my shadow patterns. And that's me allowing my suffering to separate me from people rather than allowing it to connect me with people. Because when I'm actually genuinely open and raw and vulnerable, it just connects me more and it makes me feel even better. But I hold back from that. And yes, there are people out there that do do that. And I fully expect that as I share with different people, someone will say something to me that's real gaslighty and whatever. But I don't have, that's not personal. You know, that's part of working through my shadow patterns. That's not personal. And I don't have to harbor that as a reason not to share myself with the world. That's just part of the deal. And like I said on on that other episode about navigating my health, it's no one else's job to understand me. That's, that's That's my job. That's my responsibility. And if I want someone to understand, well, then it's my responsibility to help them to understand. And so I hope that by sharing today a bit more vulnerably, that it may have helped you to understand me a little bit more. Not because I need you to understand but because it is a gift for both of us when I allow my suffering to bring us closer together instead of pushing us further apart. So thank you for joining me today. I so appreciate you. I so deeply do. And I'm sending you love wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you again soon. It's, it's, uh, it's me again. <laughs> After I had listened back to this to make sure that it was all smooth and it wasn't glitchy straight after the episode finished a song came on um, that was in my meditation library and I thought that just it was just the perfect song to hear after that episode because it was so uplifting and I felt like this song has got the essence in it of what what I'm going through is all about and what it's here to bring to the world and what all of our suffering is here to bring to us. And so I wanted to finish the episode where you got to listen to that song. So enjoy and just bask in it and let it uplift you after what was quite a heavy ep.
Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.